Looking for a one-stop shop for all your audio and video needs? Then look no further than Always Press Record Productions. With over 100 hours of original content produced, Always Press Record Productions has an experienced staff on hand ready to assist you with all your YouTube, podcast, and music video needs. Check them out at alwayspressrecord.com. Once again, that's alwayspressrecord.com. And remember, they press record and you become the star. Welcome to the Mangrove Community. Strengthening the community one branch at a time. For more information about the community or how to volunteer, please visit mangrovecommunity.org. The Mangrove Community presents the Reasonable Doubt Podcast Series. All right, y'all, welcome back to Reasonable Doubt with Carl Ward. Um, have a very special guest here today, Miss Cynthia Bailey. Um, we're in the city gas community, the historical city gas community, I should say. She invited us into her home. Um, we thank you for inviting us into your home. You're more than welcome. Yep. So how you how you feeling today? I'm feeling wonderful. Any wonderful. day above ground is a good day. Yes, it is. Amen to that. So, Miss Bailey, let's um let's introduce you, give the people an idea of who you are, your background, or where did you grow up? You know what your your career, things like that. Let us know a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Cynthia Bailey. I was born and raised in City Gas. Uh, I have one son. Uh, my background is I'm a, a founder of a nonprofit by the name of Impact in Houston, formerly known as Sure Thing. Mm -hmm. I formerly worked uh, supervisor of the hot team for Jerry Davis. I'm now employed with Bread of Life. Um, and that's... That's Miss Bailey in a nutshell. Yep, yep, yep. So you say you've been, you're the founder of a nonprofit, Sure Thing, which is now impacting Houston. Right. How long has this organization been around? This organization was formed in 1993. Uh, we changed the name uh, from Sure Thing to Impacting Houston because uh, it became a North Side. It was formed for the kids in North Forest Independent School District. Mm -hmm. But once the the districts merged into Houston Independent School District, I had to change the name because it was not a sure thing anymore. It had to impact the kids from wherever uh, the the storm, the district, mm -hmm. uh, spread them out to be. So we felt like we can impact all of Houston, not just the northeast part. Right, so you made it a Houston thing. That's wonderful. Right. 93 years, I mean 93, since 93, that's a long time. Um, give the people an idea of what your organization does and what it provides to the community. Uh, it provides after-school program, tutoring, mentoring, uh, various field trips. They dress up in they farm aware and do the walls. Uh, they learn cultural. They learn uh, etiquette. Mm -hmm. uh, we take various field trips like uh, they've been to the Bahamas on a cruise. They've been to Vegas. They've been down Rodale Drive, they've been to um, Florida a number of times, mm -hmm. Disney World, Disneyland. Right. So they have explored a lot of different things in life. Because okay. my philosophy is you get out of kids what you put into them. And if you don't put anything to them, then we can't expect anything out of them. So getting them out of just this neighborhood or just this area of town and taking them somewhere that's totally different, mm -hmm. see different cultures people with different backgrounds so that's what 
impact that Houston does for the kids. Gotcha. So it seems like you have a heart, a heart for the children out here. And and that's a that's a very very good thing that you're doing because just from personal experience coming up, you know, from a, a neighborhood similar to this one, it wasn't until I got outside of my neighborhood and experienced different things, witnessed different things, that my eyes were opened up to the different things that are out there in the world and the different options and things like that. So it's great that you're providing it for the community. And now we're gonna have to be real, Miss Bailey, because um, I can't sit up here in front like. I haven't done a lot of work with you in the okay. community, okay. so I do I do know what you do personally, and um, <clears throat> I, I have a lot of respect for what you do and how you do it. Um, and so you're employed with the city of Houston right now, is that correct? No, I'm employed with the Bread of Life. Oh, Bread of Life, sorry. But at one point in time, you, you were with the city of Houston? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, so with that being said, with you being an employee of the city of Houston, um, some people... They may feel like, you know, well, the things that she do in the community there, she she gets that on the back of the city of Houston. What, what would you say to people who have that thought in their mind? Because I'm going to give you a little background information about the show. It's reasonable doubt. Okay. We're here to erase any reasonable doubt that the people may have about you, any reservations that they may have about electing you. So let's explain, to let's erase any doubt that they have and let them know your passion and your reason for doing it and how you do it. Okay, well, it started in 1993 with uh, kids that didn't have anyone to coach them mm -hmm. in various sports. So I became a coach first. Okay. And after that, uh, I coached soccer, then I coached basketball, then I coached baseball. So I just took over the, the role of, a coach for Hobart Taylor Park. Okay. The kids had no coaches involved, so I stepped in and I and I did that. So after years went on, uh, I think it was in 2000 or 99. I uh, met a guy by the name of Jarvis Johnson. Mm -hmm. He also had a kids organization, so we would partner up and do a lot with kids. And then Jarvis decided to run for city council, and whatever the uh, organization needed as far as uh, snacks or different resources to the DARE Plus, mm -hmm. the DARE thing. Yeah, uh, it was, you know, he made it available to the kids. Uh, I don't think that my affiliation with just one individual changed and blew the organization up. No, it was a collaboration of knowing different elected officials mm -hmm. and inviting them out to see what it is that we're doing in the Northeast community. So it led to bringing out different uh, people. Not all of them were with resources, but mm -hmm. they would just come out and support and the support. Uh, different uh, things that we would have every right. year, right. like the, the spring blast where we have over 40,000 eggs for the kids in a big festival in the park. Wow. Then we have the back to school drive to where we raise money, we get different organizations, different partners to come in mm -hmm. and they bring different resources for the back to school. Then we have the Thanksgiving. So we would ask and see how many turkeys can we get to give the people in our community. Then we have a Christmas thing to where we would do a toy drive and give the kids in the community um, toys and things. So no, I don't think it's, oh, because my affiliation with the city and I only been um, employed for the city for two years. 
Oh, wow. And you've been doing the Sure Thing, since now impacting Houston since 93. So that speaks a lot. And it seems like um, if you do get into office, that it seems like the children are covered for sure. So what, what, what plans do you have for the young adults, the teenagers, and even the, the citizen, senior citizens in the community? Do you have any, any plans or ideas how we can cater to that, those people in the community? Yeah. Well, the seniors um, also interact with seniors at Hobart Taylor, mm -hmm. at Titwell Park, and whatever their needs are. If I can, um, I would bring whatever resources I have to them and let them enjoy it. But the main thing is our neighborhood needs to be cleaned up. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with me as city council, as me as a former hot team supervisor, I know the area very well. Mm -hmm. I know where to go and pick up the trash. I know how to um, create partnerships with different people to ask them to help me to allow. And then to employ some of the people in the community. There are people out here that have a, a tractor, a backhoe, mm -hmm. uh, lawnmowers, weed eaters. So why not employ the people in your own community to do their own cleanup, and then we'll make this city a better place to live in District B, you know, for example, yeah. um, I'm looking at uh, different areas have different needs. In City Gas, some of our streets have sidewalks, some of them don't. Mm -hmm. You know, we need simple things, right. the little things that, that, that makes it work. Because you also have to start from the bottom to the top. Right. You can't start from the top to the bottom. Yep. The only way that you can have anything done in your community is we work together. As a community, as a one, you know, mm -hmm. we are one. Right. So we start by cleaning it up, then we start employing the people in the district, and then we'll have a better quality of life and let the young adults feel like they're part of something by helping them to get into homes, affordable homes. Mm -hmm. It is a beautiful thing to own your own and not pay rent for 20 years. Right. So that's what I would bring to the table. And the seniors, yeah, I love them. You know, they are they are the people who who give the wisdom right. in our district. Right. So I will collaborate with them and see what, what they need, mm -hmm. how we can, you know, change things to make them safer. Right. And if I win uh, city council, this is a promise that I can make. Mm -hmm. For the first five months, I want to put 100 ring doorbells at senior houses that they can see what's going on on that street. Mm -hmm. So if you put three on each street, then people who's illegal dumping, we mm -hmm. can see it. Mm -hmm. People who's ringing their doorbells, we can see it. Right. They don't have to open their door. They can just look at the their phone okay. or at their TV. But we got to make it safe right. for all of us and clean. Yep. And it, it sounds like you got a good plan because you, you're cleaning up the community and in doing so, you're providing economic development we're doing so with employing the people within the community. And um, if I'm not mistaken, um, would, would that provide second chance opportunities for people Most as definitely. well? Most okay. definitely. I was given a second chance. Okay. I spent 18 months in Texas Department of Correction. Hmm. So I know what it's like to be given a second chance. Right. People believe in you to know that, hey, you made a mistake, but you're a human. Mm -hmm. So that's what a lot of 
people in our area are. They need a second chance. Right. They need someone to believe in them, to say, hey, man, I know you made a mistake. Hey, lady, I know you made a mistake, but I believe in you. Come on, let's work together mm -hmm. and let's do something and not say, oh, you're a felon or you such and such. No, we. it's time out for the name calling. Right. It's time to embrace everybody yep. because, hey, we are one. If everybody cut, we all bleed. Yep. So it's no little eyes and big use, not with me. Everybody, I treat you the same. Right. And who better to lead that initiative than someone who walked in those shoes? Exactly. And and you still walk in those shoes every day as far as the cleanup, because I, I see you out in the community. Um, even with the community cleanups I do, you assist with that. You know, you come pick up trash and things. So... <coughs> Um, it's good to have someone who has their boots on the ground, you exactly. know, and there are a lot of people that they, they talk a lot about the big issues, but like you say, it's the smaller issues that we have to deal with first before we can tackle those big issues. Um, another thing, so we have, we're, we're providing jobs for people within the community, but um, another thing I see every day, I see young guys, young women who they have ideas about being self-employed but a lot of them they may not know the first step to take you know the first route to go um i use the example of a, of a guy i met named jay i met him out in greens point um i would see him at the store all the time and i got to talking to him and asking him you know what type of skills do you have like are, are you looking for a job do you want a job he was mm -hmm. like i do I, I got a little bit of skills but he said i tell you what i really want to do mr carl i really want to open up a, a food truck but it's going to be different because I want it to be a vegan food truck. We don't have any fresh produce in the area or anything like that. What would you say or how would you assist um, people that have that type of mind frame? Well, the first thing you tell them is to get a DBA and then you walk them through the steps. Make a plan. Plan your work and work your plan. Mm -hmm. And the way that you do that is you introduce them to people like the food bank. Uh, to the gardens that we have here in the community, mm -hmm. so you can say, "Hey, I want to, I want to uh, have a food truck, and I want it to be vegan, and I want to use some fresh fruits, uh, fresh vegetables." And then you you collaborate with them, and then you go from different community gardens, and they would probably lend a helping hand. Okay, that sounds like a plan as well. Um, what what do you feel about homelessness? Do you have any ideas about? you know, how we can tackle that issue. I know it's a big issue, but at least we can start uh, or try to put something in play to assist the homeless. Well, homelessness is not necessarily what we feel like is home. you're homeless. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are homeless by choice mm -hmm. because there are places that they can go. But when you don't want to follow rules, just like in your home, when you feel like you can't follow your mom's rule, it's time for you to go. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have rules that they have to follow, like uh, the bread of life uh, in Timonaz 1, 2, and 3. They will give you a place to stay. You start working, and then you give back. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them don't want to go because you have to be in at a certain time. Mm -hmm. You can't smoke and drink. Mm -hmm. you, you can't live like you want to live right. in a facility that's facilitated for homeless people so gotcha. homelessness is a lot of it is by choice because mm -hmm. a lot of people they have people here in Houston they have people somewhere else and want them to come home and they just don't want to follow the rules right and uh, I, I see a lot of um, mental mental health issues that also add to that um, 
Do you have anything in mind for that to to start bringing mental awareness to the community and things like that? Because I know in our community, in our culture, that's something that we really don't talk a lot about. We kind of, you know, if, if uncle, if he a little bit off, just y'all leave him alone, don't mess with him. But we don't explain to him, to the people coming up that he has a mental condition, you know. So it's not something that we really understand in our community. We actually, uh, in our culture, we just say they're crazy. Right. But no, they 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 really need help, mm-hmm. and we don't take the time to give people the help and to put them in facilities where they can get help. It's not a lot of funds available for, but then again, it is. Mm-hmm. But to commit someone, they have to evaluate them for seven to ten days. Sometimes you you have to commit your own family member mm-hmm. or somebody that you know. But then they say, okay, after seven to ten days, they're acting normal. Then they go back in the street and they, you know, they flip-flop back right. and forth. So I think we should put uh, things in place where they could be evaluated for longer. Gotcha. So the real them come out because, you know, anything you do for 30 days, it becomes a habit. Right. So if they, you know, they play you for the first 10 or 15 days just to get out, to get back on the street, mm-hmm. to do what they're going to do, yeah, it's it's a problem. But, you know, we just don't take the time to care for our people and to say that they really need help because nobody wants to label their loved one as mentally ill, mentally challenged, and we have a lot of that. Okay. And so we we talked a little bit about the economic development, and uh, you did say you would employ people to clean up the community and things like that. What other ideas do you have to, to bring um, big business to this area, so maybe people can be employed in that in that sense. Well, in order to bring big business into this area, other than uh, construction, it's going to be hard because until we look good, mm-hmm. nobody wants to come and affiliate with us. Now we start looking good, we start feeling good. Now instead of us asking you to come, now you're asking us, can we come into your neighborhood? And that's what we need. We need people to ask, can they come in instead of we us asking them to come in because if we ask them to come in you have to give so many breaks we have to give you the land we have to give you this we have to give you so much for you to come and then at that point is it really worth it right because you didn't gave up so much in order to get that it makes sense so we would have to clean up first um and i, I know a lot of people they're they're deterred by the crime element as well so mm-hmm. how would we address the crime element in the in the communities? Well, we would, um, as a city in a whole, we should employ uh, police officers who live in the neighborhood. Okay. You know, get them more involved. If you live here, then you have a stake in this. Mm-hmm. I know one police officer lived two doors down from me. And born and raised in, in Fifth Ward. Mm-hmm. And move, I mean, from one hood to another hood. Right. And, you know, she just take pride in it. She got grandkids out here. Right. And if we get more people involved that are out here, then we want to employ 5,500 other uh, police officers. They don't look like us. Mm-hmm. They've never been here. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything, but you give them a job and you say, we want you to um, secure this neighborhood. So if it was you and you live in District B, then you're going to take pride in District B because this is part of your heritage. Right. When we have a lot of uh, police officers that 
They don't live out here. Right. They, they don't know the culture. They don't. <coughs> they don't know what's really going on. So true. We just need to employ more people, police officers that live in this district. Now you know what people gonna say to that. A lot of people gonna say it's a lot of people not trying to be police officers from the community. So if we take it a step further, um, because we're gonna have outside people in our communities, how do we make them more aware? How do we make them a part of our community? Well, what we do is we embrace them mm -hmm. with different civic clubs. You ask them to come out, mm -hmm. and they hear what they hear what's going on. So now we're getting to know you. You're getting to know us. Right. So just to get more civically engaged in our community mm -hmm. would make a big difference. You know, have the police to come out to civic club, not just to a pimp that's once a month. You know, right. come out and you know, really engage into the community. Right. Ride bikes. I, I love how they have uh, cops on bikes, you mm -hmm. know, and things like that. I, I would want to start a basketball team with officers and the community. Okay. Different <laughs> communities, different officers, right. you know, right. different time, And you will get to know one another, even with the young guys, to play against the officers and things like that. So now you know my name. I know your name. Yep. And I really know you. Right. We we just come together as one. Right. So when they leave this area, even though they were not a part of this area, they feel like a part right. because I know Johnny now. Right. Hey Johnny, how you doing? Right. And that's what it takes to get back to that. Right. And God forbid you have to the if a police officer has to do his job and Johnny's there, he would approach Johnny in a different way. You know exactly, what I'm young man. What really happened? Right. You know it's it's so many times that that we are labeled, mm -hmm. and it might not even be our, you know, our forte. Right. Our, our background, you know, oh, he's a thug because he got his pants hanging down his butt. No. Mm -hmm. Young man, can you pull your pants up? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's what happened when I go to the park and I have uh, events. I can't think of anyone that ever said, man, you look at those guys with their pants down. No. It's respect and pride that we need to give back into our kids today mm -hmm. because having your pants down, that's that's a false statement. What so what what's your drive? Because you've been doing this in ninety three in the community, actively involved, um, putting on huge events every year, like you say, the spring blast, that's a huge event in this area. Everyone looks forward to it, your Christmas events, you do a lot with the seniors. Where where does this drive and this passion come from? Well, it started way before me. My mom uh, was the first female to have a softball team in Hobart Taylor Park. The park would be crowded hmm. with people, and they would just be excited. And that did something to me, you know, by bringing people together with right. all walks of life in this community. At one time, it was they uh, blackballed city gas because they say we were too bad out here, mm -hmm. and we did a lot of different things, but... It started with my mom, mistrusting Bailey. Gotcha. I seen her give, and I learned how to give from my mom. And everybody said, well, you took it a little further because <laughs> I started taking kids on, on trips, right. you know. But as time go on, people change. Mm -hmm. Different things there are needed. Mm -hmm. Back then, I mean, to go to Astroworld was the highlight right. of my life. Right. But now it's to take a kid to Disney, which is, you know, states over. So mm -hmm. it's like you have to give and to see that people appreciate it. Right. And that's what motivates me more to give. When I send 10 seniors to 
my timeshare in Conroe mm -hmm. for them to spend a whole week. And I'm like, hey, this week is on me. Y'all go down there and have a good time. They go and they fish and they just relax. So giving is not something that it just happened. I saw the giving in my mom. Mm -hmm. So then I continue to give. And I only have one kid and he he got the giving too because yeah. so he started. <laughs> yeah, he started like, Mom, come can we take the kids with us to Florida? I'm mm -hmm. like, sure we can take a couple of your friends. He's like, nah, all of them. Oh wow. I was like, What? <laughs> Gotta figure this one out. So I took seventy five <laughs> kids to Florida oh. and twenty five chaperones. So it was like it's a to see a kid face light up when they see Mickey Mouse. Mm -hmm. Priceless. Right. To see a kid say that, man, I ain't never been nowhere. Priceless. To go down I-10 and you get to Orange and they say, are we there yet? Mm -hmm. They let you know that they haven't been anywhere. Right. So <laughs> my passion for giving is, is, is just to see others smile because my mom made me smile. She made others smile. So it was, it was handed down. Gotcha. Not all of her kids are the giving, but they'll pitch in whichever way they can. Right. So, so you're just paying it forward. Exactly. Cool. cool. So let's talk about um, your your political run and what what's your what's your main agenda if you get into office? What's your passion? What what do you see out here every day that if you have the power to change or have an impact on that you would do? Keep it simple, neighborhood issues, mm -hmm. because all of our neighborhood have different issues. Right. The main issue is trash. Mm -hmm. And I would partner up with Department of Neighborhoods and ask them after 90 days of telling the community we need to clean up, start giving tickets. Mm -hmm. You know, because it has to start somewhere. We just can't say uh, solid waste, just keep come picking it up. Keep come. Somebody have to be responsible mm -hmm. for the actions that they're take that they're doing. Right. So we need to clean it up. Then we need to employ the people in the community to give them a sense of pride. Mm -hmm. Then we need to make the houses affordable for those who work in the community. Right. And then we need to make it safe. Right. And then um I guess being in, in office you'll get a lot of information because I'm finding out recently that um it's over a thousand seniors in District B that don't have a clue that they they have access to a tax credit to help them on the with the taxes on their homes and things like that. Um, what what would you be one of those people that you you gather that information and make sure that information gets to us? And also, with that being said, how because now you're expanding. Mm -hmm. You from what I'm hearing, you 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 cater a lot to the northeast side um, because that's where you're from and that's where everything started. But now with being District B Council. You have you got Greens Point involved. You got portions of Acres Home, Bordersville, and Fifth Ward. How do you expand your vision to make sure you cater to everyone and that every, that you hear everyone's needs and try to address them? The A best lot you can? of time, it's like you have not because you ask not. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't make a difference. You know, my my giving didn't start in in City Gas. Right. Anybody who had anything or wanted anything of Miss Bailey. Mm -hmm. Just ask. I'm here for the asking. So to become counsel, yes, I would spread the information via email, text, uh, walking door to door, mm -hmm. putting flyers, letting them understand. But all of the seniors that we have in our district 
it's unfortunate that a lot of them don't have kids or the kids they do have, they live elsewhere, right. you know, to assist the seniors. So I would take an assessment of those seniors that we have, those who who don't have anyone to help them. Mm -hmm. And I will form a team, other people in the community. Right. Hey, can you go check on uh, Miss, you know, whatever her name is, mm -hmm. or Mr. Such and Such, you know, to get everybody involved so you'll know if something happened to your neighbor that you haven't seen. Right. I got somebody to call and say, I haven't seen Miss, you know, Miss Smith mm -hmm. in a long time. Uh, can we go over there and check on her? So then we call 311, 911, and ask them, hey, can we get a security check? Mm -hmm. Call uh, the sheriff's department. They will come by and do a, a knock and check. Right. Yeah, that's definitely needed because we have a lot of seniors that they're alone in their homes and we don't even know it. Because like you say, the, the, the children are gone. They may hardly check up on them. You have seniors sitting in homes with no food, but like you say, they have not because they ask not. So we do have to be a little bit more proactive with exactly. making sure they're taken exactly. care of. Well, that's wonderful. Um, <clears throat> so um, tell us a little bit more about the Bread of Life because um, I, that's an interesting organization that you're, you're a part of. Um, what do they do and provide to the community? They provide um, different resources, our reentry program, uh, senior program where they come and they get food mm -hmm. every Wednesday for the community, for the homeless when it's cold. Uh, we, we give them blankets. Uh, if they need food, we'll feed them. Um, it's just an overall giving process, uh, people helping people mm -hmm. uh, reach out and touch. And I think that was probably one of the best things that I could have done after leaving the city is to go work for the Bread of Life simply because... It's another uh, entity of giving uh, right. something I like to do. Right. Lines up with your passion. Mm-hmm. Cool. So how do, um, is there anything you have going on coming up in the near future that, that you want to make people aware of? I have a back-to-school uh, giveaway August the 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't, uh, that's the tentatively date. Okay. But until I make the flyer, yeah, it's going to be in August. It's going to be at A.G. Hillier elementary school okay. in the Lakewood area. It's going to be open for all of the kids in District B to come out and whatever resources we have, we're more than happy to give it to them. Okay. And with that, with the Bread of Life, um, because the District B is known for having food deserts all throughout the district. Um, how do we how do we draw attention to that and, and combat that issue? Because a lot of people, they're going to get groceries, and you only can get so much out of Family Dollar and, and places like that. We don't have a real grocery store for them to go to. If they do, it's miles away from their home, and it's hard for them to get to it. How do we address that issue? Well, we have neighborhood stores. We have um, a couple of nice um, stores in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also have to think about a lot of the seniors are on fixed income. Mm -hmm. um, they have, uh, what is that, neighborhood centers. Uh, what is it? I, I don't, uh, they bring food to senior homes and things like that. Okay. Uh, mind you, if it's one senior in the house, mm -hmm. the food that they bring is adequate enough for them. But a lot of seniors taking care of their grandkids, their great-grandkids, mm -hmm. and things like that, and no, they don't have enough money. No, it's not a store close by. 
But what we have to do is, again, people helping people. Mm -hmm. If you know your neighbor is struggling with food, the bread of life, give out fruits, vegetables, all of that uh, every Wednesday. It's open to the public. It's not just one side of town. St. Peter Claver give out food once a month. Mm -hmm. it's, it's different places around here in the north side, even in Greens Point, mm -hmm. or in different places that either they don't know about, won't go. Mm -hmm. You need your neighbor to put your name on the list. Right. You know, we, we had pride at one time. We did. Somewhere down the line, it just kind of slipped away that you took care of your neighbor. Because mm -hmm. I recall when um, people were breaking up when, when I was little and they was going through some uh, married couple, they would have parties for them to get back together and hmm. to stay together. Right. If they was down on their rent, they would have rent parties. I mean, they hmm. would do things like that. Right. You know, and I was like, everybody helping everybody, okay? Right. Because I remember having to clean my whole street, the ditch. Mm -hmm. But we didn't put any of it down there. But, but that was our job as young kids. You had to look out for one another. And somewhere, we've forgotten that. Yeah. And I feel like if we get back to that, we'll be on the ball. Yeah, because I, I didn't even come up in that area. I didn't know about the rent parties and all that type of stuff, that get-back-together parties. Mm -hmm. That's new to me. So, But we definitely need to empower the community um, because you had – some people look at it like this, um, and I, I see it when I'm riding through Northeast Side, Greens Point, even Acres Home. You see signs, six million by six million dollar bike trail being built here and there, and not not saying it's a bad thing. Beautification is good for the community, like you say, it will draw in big business and things like that. But when you have the people that are steady suffering the way they're suffering, should we not? change our priorities to care for the people first and get them better and then focus on, you know, building up the community around them? What's your take on that? Well, a lot of these things were pre-planned. Mm -hmm. Ten years down the line, Harvey came. It knocked it back. Mm -hmm. It knocked a lot of things, projects, back. It's not something that was, okay, we're going to do this this year. We're going to beautify. I'm quite sure a lot of these uh, bike trails and beautification they felt like it was good for the community mm -hmm. but ask the community what we need then right. just give us what you want us right. to have because it also runs the risk of raising our property taxes too it, right exactly mm -hmm. so <laughs> excuse me um what i'm because i'm trying to figure it out and i, and I know it's like you say it's pre-planned and it's unfortunate that you know a hurricane hits while you're building the six six million dollar bike trail but at the end of the day, when does the human element, when, when does the heart, you know, shine through and people say, okay, yeah, we do have all this, this funding set aside for this bike trail and the people voted on it, but we had a major natural, natural disaster come through. Why can't we have a, thing, a process in play where, look, we have to put a halt to this and take care of the people. The funds are there. I mean, the streets, we, we can build whenever, but... The people can only struggle for so much before we turn on each other, you know, rob, steal, and kill. Because when you haven't eaten in a couple of days, your mind works a little bit different than the next person. Right, right. Well, see, this is how grant money is. Mm -hmm. If I allocate this money to you for this particular project, 
then that's what you have to do with it. Mm -hmm. That's how grant money is set aside. Okay. Now, if the money from the state and everything can't help the people, I'm sorry, I can't go into this fund right. because you wrote this grant for this project. Mm -hmm. So I can't take this money from this project hoping that you'll give it back. Right. And then you don't. It's unfortunate that mm -hmm. we don't have a rainy day fund set aside for something like a natural disaster, right. like a Harvey, right. like a Allison, right. like a Ike. Right. You know, when you have two years, three years, four years, back to back to back, mm -hmm. before you can clean up one, here comes another yep. one. So you're not you're not financially stable to just if you keep going into your savings then when it comes time for doing what you need to do, what do you have? You have nothing. Right. So when they allocate certain funds for certain projects, mm -hmm. It it come it goes beyond the city level mm -hmm. to ask, can we use this money? Right, I got. And you. so when it's allocated, that's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. I understand the bike trail was something we didn't need, but post Harvey, it probably was something else that was planned to be done mm -hmm. before Harvey came along that would go hand in hand with this bike trail. Right. But Harvey hit, houses went under, people were misplaced, displaced. Mm -hmm. So now this bike trail hit his money is we don't push it back long enough. So if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. So they had to put certain things in place. Like for instance, they just rolled out a next five year complete neighborhood program. Mm -hmm. It didn't include but two areas in District B, right. which is Cashmere Garden and Acres Home. Mm -hmm. Everything else is District K and uh, another district, but. I'm coming in the council and have to deal with that. Yeah. And that but and you touched on it too. A lot of people don't know or they don't ask because those two neighborhoods you mentioned, Cashmere and Acres Home, they have people that are really, really advocating for those areas exactly. on a day to day basis. So mm -hmm. how will we educate people or, or get them more involved on the political level and not not necessarily just voting people into office, but voting on the bonds on where the money is spent and things like that. You don't have to be political. You just have to have a passion and care. Mm -hmm. You know, that's so many times they figure, I need to be political savvy. Why? I have a heart. I right. don't have to be a politician to help a kid to go to college. Right. I've helped thousands of kids to go to college. Matter of fact, I took them to college hmm. while their parents was at home. Mm -hmm. I'm not a politician then. Right. It's not the politician part. It's the part that you need somebody who care, who nurtures, who 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 know about giving. Mm -hmm. You know, unconditional love right. for your neighborhood, for your district. So, you know, giving is what we need. Somebody who know how to give, mm -hmm. when to give, and when to say no. Right. And then, like you say, the people have to, they have to be passionate about it. Exactly. Instead of, you know, just fussing about what's not going on in their community, we need to start hearing what you're doing in your community. Seventy percent of the people that complain don't vote. <laughs> and if they don't vote, they don't go to civic club meetings. Right. They sit home and they complain. You know, they didn't do this, they didn't do this, but what did you do? If your trash can is turned over on your street and the trash man go on, what you going to do, call a city and complain? But your grandson is laying up and there in the bed, and you don't want to wake him up. No, son, get get up, baby. It was, it was a mishaps. The guy dumped the garbage. Some came out. Can you come and put it up and put it back in the yard? Mm -hmm. But yeah. instead, we want to complain. Yeah. 
they have knocked mines over. I say, hey, he said, oh, we sorry. They'll come back and get it. But if they gone, my job is to get that trash up from in front of my house. Right. And that's the part that we are missing. Playing our part. Exactly. And I, I want to go back to, to Harvey a little bit because I don't think a lot, people that, that suffer from it and still suffer from it, they know. But I don't think a lot of people realize how many people are still affected and still going through it. Um, and I have two questions for you. One is, what do you know the power that the officials have on a city level? Because from my understanding, the state did. We, we do have a rainy day fund that the governor was, he was really, he was holding his hands on. He didn't want to release those funds to us. And we had, from my understanding, over $10 billion in the rainy day fund. And I don't see it getting any rainier than Harvey. How, what what type of power do we have to to put pressure on them to release those funds, and the, those funds are are just like a grant. Mm -hmm. You do so much work, we give you so much money. You do so much work, we give you so much money. So until they start applying the money to the work that needs to be done in Northeast Houston, mm -hmm. well, it's done everywhere else. Right. So we can't say, well, the state has not released the money. The money has been released. Probably round one has went to Maryland, mm -hmm. Kingwood. When you living in an $80,000, $90,000 house versus a million or two, they get the money first hmm. that I believe. Even though? It doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference. No. Nah. Hmm. Crap rolled downhill. We're at the bottom. They start at the top and work their way down. So just look at um, a lot of money has been advocated for over here, but a lot of people over here are renters, like mm -hmm. the backside of Lakewood uh, was totally washed out. Mm -hmm. Houses are uh, still haven't been repaired because the landlords of a lot of places um, haven't received their funds. So right. if they own seven, eight, nine, ten homes, then they do one at a time, you mm -hmm. know. So we can't say that the state haven't released the money. Right. No, they it's released. We just haven't did a lot of our work. Gotcha. But it, okay, if you say it rolls downhill, um, but you being from this area, mm -hmm. and, and you may see it different. I'm just asking. Um, how do do you feel like the funds should be allocated differently? It should be. It should be go. It should go to the one that have the most damage the most damage first what about should it be need based you think because if you have they they label the areas they okay. label this a low income area okay so why wouldn't that be the first place you go to assist if you uh, know understand these? what i say it rolls down here <laughs> right we at the bottom <laughs> so we were covered in it gotcha and they started at the top i mean it's it's not something that as a person mm -hmm that we can like oh we can fix it mm -hmm. no it's it's the powers of be that that say where this is going where that is going right but but with me i'm gonna say hey i need my share too i i need our share okay so you will speak to that what? in that position yes sir because see that's what we're trying to figure nah, out I, and, hey <coughs> if you gave them a million i need two right, right. because it, Another thing, and this is how I see it, it's a lot of systems that are in play, but they're flawed. You know, we could go back. It was a time where people, they couldn't, they were getting in trouble for reading and writing and things like that. So we come from a system that has been systematically flawed 
and continues to be. So instead of just saying, you know, it is the way it is, how do we, how do you advocate to that once you're in office? How do you speak to that? Well, once you get in, once I uh, claim my district BC, mm-hmm. then I will have to go with uh, see how things come. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you, oh, I'm going to do this. No, right. I don't know what. Um, what you have to figure uh, it out once you get yeah, in there. And you then know, I don't know how I would approach a situation unless I'm put in that spot. Right. But I do know we come first. Right. You don't speak book, up to it. We come first right. in my book. Well, cool. Well, I feel like I feel like you definitely had District B back, and yeah. um, we we would definitely look forward to everything that you have to offer and things like that. Um, you cover a lot. I think we we feel pretty good. Um, before we go, and I'm asking all the candidates this: let us know three of your favorite local spots in the area. Three of my local spots in this area. Yeah, local businesses in District B. Triple J's. Okay. Burns Barbecue. Uh-oh. And Chicken Plus. Okay. There we go. You heard it first. Triple J's, Chicken Plus, and Burns Barbecue. If you haven't checked it out, you need to go try it. We got Triple J's off of Homestead, Burns and Acres Home, and Chicken Plus right off of Wayside over here in City Gas. So, y'all check it out if you have a chance. Is there anything else you would like to let the people know while you have the opportunity? Uh, Cynthia Bailey would be your best choice for District B because of the care and compassion that I have for the district. I love to serve, and I want to serve everyone. With the budget or anything, I feel like I would be um, fair to each area. Mm -hmm. But mind you, mind you, charity begins at home. Until Mm -hmm. we can clean up around our door, let's not talk about our neighbors. Thank you, and I love you. Yep, we appreciate you. Thank you for having us in your home. All right, thank you. (laughs) The Mangrove Community presents the Reasonable Doubt podcast series. For more information about the community or how to volunteer, please visit mangrovecommunity.org.